0: Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Olive Magazine podcast. My name is Laura Rowe, I'm the editor of the magazine and today's host. Now that it's officially December, we are getting proper excited about Christmas. I'm joined by our senior designer, Nikki, to talk about how to create the perfect homemade Christmas with loads of crafty styling ideas for your Christmas table... Drinks writer Sarah is celebrating the only way she knows how with a tour of a brewery. She's going behind the scenes of new beer Porter Granite, that we the Olive Magazine team made in partnership with Meantime in London and our wonderful cookery team Janine and Anna give their tips on gluten-free baking for the festive season. First up, here's Nikki and I talking all things crafty. Okay, so here I have Nikki, our lovely senior designer with us. Um, this is your first time on the podcast, isn't it? Nikki? It is indeed. Yeah, it's so- safe to say I'm a bit nervous, <laughs> but it's going to be okay. You'll be fine. She's a, she's a talker, so you'll be you'll be fine. She's got lots to say. Um, so, Nikki, tell us a bit about your job and what you do at Olive, because this is kind of. to give context of what we're going to talk about.
1: Sure thing. So um, obviously I design pages for the magazine and that's what you expect from a designer of a magazine. But uh, a food magazine, you um, have to go on photo shoots and come up with quite creative ideas. Um, So it's looking at what the food is that the recipe writers have put in for the issue and coming up with really lovely like ideas whether it's the color that you're going to shoot on and different props and yeah so all the
0: backgrounds like like the tables or you know the wall that you're going to see or so if
1: it's like a theme shoot so then it has to fit around that theme and it's coming up with sort of like how you're going to get different props in to really sell that theme as well yeah
0: I think a lot of people forget kind of how many people are involved in that one photo you see yeah. in the magazine so it's really important yeah. Nikki does these incredible kind of mood boards that you'll send to them the yeah. prop designer the photographer yeah and you've got to be so clear because you need to be able to
1: communicate to make sure everyone's Yeah, and exactly when you get to you the shoot it needs
0: to look as you wanted yeah. it to there's look there's nothing right. worse than turning up on a <laughs> shoot and being like this isn't oh. quite what I was thinking <laughs> <laughs> I need to rethink this now yeah um, but then that means you have to be extra creative as well yeah. doesn't it yep. so Nikki's very very good at that so the reason why this is important to kind of understand is we had our biggest shoot of the year recently didn't we so that's for our lovely Christmas issue which is out now you have to get it Um, so tell us about that Nikki this is such a beautiful sheet
1: it was so so fun Um, but
0: very stressful right (laughs) very very stressful let's not underplay that let's not
1: underplay that Um, so we essentially had one day to turn this beautiful location house into a Christmas wonderland wonderland yeah Yeah. so
0: normally we use studios don't we we do
1: Um, and it's all about like we'll just get certain surfaces but this is literally like a it was like a whole room yeah. to make it look Christmassy so this, with all of our lovely team inside yeah. it as well. <laughs> so this
0: was our. Also, so if you have got the new issue, guys, which I hope you do, it's uh, so it's a Christmas issue. It's page twenty-five. This is Olive's ultimate Christmas dinner. Yeah. So the idea behind this feature was that you know Christmas is such a personal time for everyone. Definitely. You you know you have your family favourites yeah. that you pass down through the generations. But you know we're a, we're a family, at Olive. Yeah, we're a family we of foodies. We spend most of our time with <laughs> each other. <so. laughs> we do, and we all have our kind of favourite recipes that we Definitely. choose, and we thought. It'd be really nice to share that with all of our readers and I think it works really well and it was a really nice dinner. It was, (laughs) it was really good. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it took a lot of effort to kind of make it look as beautiful as it does. Yeah,
1: definitely. I think like DIY stuff and making your own things is like huge now as well so we really wanted to play on that so... Most of the things we sort of like made ourselves, yeah. So, so
0: let's talk about the, the table to start. Well, let's talk about the, the color scheme because yeah. obviously the Christmas tree and everything all ties in, and then we can yeah. hone in on the, the table decoration. Sure, so
1: we wanted to keep it super traditional, yeah. Um, so sort of like reds, greens, um, whites, natural colors, okay. Um, and then sort of the center of the table with the candles, we sort of filled them with fake snow, um. Like bits of real Christmas trees okay. and like red berries. Nice pine
0: for, the yeah, room so of them. it was
1: like really nice. And then a couple of pine cones like dotted around and they all sort of like ran down a wooden board. Yeah. So, and it's super easy to do. I mean, yeah. realistically, just start saving your jam jars now. Yeah. Get all your family to give you all their jam jars. And, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's nice because
0: you've got different heights of different size jars Definitely. and you've wrapped, is that string around the jars? Yeah. As so well? we just
1: wrapped some twine around the top of the jars and it's just like a nice little touch. I guess you could even get like, In places like Tiger, you can get like little embellishments that you could also hang on there, too, which could be quite cute. And you
0: can adjust this. To your colour scheme as well. So say if you had because we've got lovely red jars to kind of complement the red on the tree as well, but you could have different coloured jars, or you could have uh keep it a very metallic colour if you if you were having kind of you could even spray them, I
1: guess, on the bottom. Like there's a thing now. I think we've also got that which we're speaking about later, where you can just spray paint glass and that looks really effective too, and you'll still get the
0: glow through from the candle. Fantastic. And on the actual table, you know, for individual place decorations itself, we kept it very clean, didn't we? Yeah,
1: we did. I think you don't want to overcomplicate it. At most Christmas
0: dinners you you've got all the food out on the table as yeah. well so you don't want, you yeah, don't want, you want like, too
1: much going on yeah I mean I want to get some uh, turkey
0: <laughs> yeah so for each table decoration we had just a simple white plate didn't we yeah. uh we had a gray linen napkin yeah very simple yeah uh beautiful silver crockery and yeah. then you made these gorgeous little um individual play settings yeah. so talk about those
1: so they are quite fiddly but they're really yeah. fun to make and okay. it's something that you could just sort of do on the build-up, yeah. um, so we used red currants, okay. but I guess you could also use cranberries because yeah. um, they're a bit bigger and yeah. I think they'd be less fiddly to use. Okay, um, and you just use like the thin silver metal wire. Okay, um, and you thread them through.
0: I suppose that will naturally pierce because it's like sharp at the end. Yeah, anyway. exactly. Yeah. So it
1: makes it nice and easy. Yeah. Um, you could use, you know, the holly berries, but they are poisonous, so don't put it on your plates if yeah. you do that. And don't let the dog um, no, jump up let and let the eat them. them. <laughs> no, so <'cause laughs> maybe cranberries are the safest yeah. bet. Um, And then I just used a piece of, um, is it fern tree it is, isn't it? It looks like a bit of Christmas tree, yeah. yeah. A bit of Christmas tree. And then tied that round and then just hand drew... On the labels with people's names, which was quite nice. Yeah, really Um, nice.
0: It's a simple brown label. You've got some—is that a a metallic silver pen? Yeah, yeah. But you Um, could use a
1: white pen, black pen, um, and they don't have to be brown labels either, I guess. Yeah, like for you to match your colour theme. Yeah,
0: exactly. And so, if you look in the magazine on page twenty-six, it's got my lovely place setting, which Becky did. So I'm definitely going to do that in my house this year. I think it's a really nice idea, and they're all like really simple, quick and easy ideas that will make it feel really special for Christmas. And
1: you know, it's a bit more sentimental if people have got like something that you've made.
0: Them yeah, themselves. definitely. So, it's really definitely. Cute. It just shows that extra effort that you wouldn't normally do at a dinner party exactly. or, at, you know, your Sunday lunch. Exactly. Um, yeah, really nice. And there's on other pages throughout that feature as well, like on page 31, you can see those jam jars a bit uh, more up close. So yeah. we've got uh, just... Simple jam jar, twine wrap around the yep. top, and then the the bits of fir tree around the candle, and it yep. just looks really festive. And no, Christmas exactly, thing. yeah. And yeah. you
1: get the lovely glow. I think what was great yeah. about like the, all the candles down the middle is the lovely glow that it gave yeah. the room. I mean, we were in the middle of the day, and we still managed to. It's already cozy. That yeah, very yeah. really Beautiful glow.
0: Yeah, proper herger. No, <laughs> if we didn't say herger in the last, last podcast. <laughs> last week we're saying it again. Okay, cool. So that's kind of from our shoot, but then we've yep. also, on top of that feature in the Christmas issue, got a really useful one at the back, right, as well. Yep. So in our lowdown, we've got um, really cool crafting ideas from yep. a really cool team, haven't we? They've got a book out. So yeah, they have.
1: That? So it, the book's called Decorate for a Party. Okay. Um, and I, I believe Holly Becker and Leslie Sherring. ring Sorry, Shoe ring okay. <laughs> I don't know how you pronounce it. I apologise. Leslie. Yes, yeah.
0: Leslie. Yeah. Um,
1: so they've got some really good ideas, and their yeah. book isn't predominantly around Christmas. It's yeah. for all different occasions. Yeah, they've got obviously.
0: things for weddings and yeah, exactly. um, parties and stuff. And as like well.
1: really super cool, easy ideas for yeah. how to like make things. Yeah, it's um, a really great
0: book. Definitely check it out. Yeah, you, definitely. A good Christmas present, actually.
1: Yeah, my favourite thing, buy a mile with a napkin. Okay. Because that's like right up my street. <laughs> you just buy white napkins. Um, They suggest using sticky back foam. So you cut the shape out of the foam. And then you can just stamp print, on your own stamp patterns. onto your own napkins and you could just use fabric paint and... I believe with fabric paint you can wash them and then they'll still be okay okay cool
0: so this is a magazine exclusive guys so you have to buy the magazine yeah. to see this feature this isn't going to be online so yeah these are beautiful patterned napkins really yeah. really simple all of the instructions are in the magazine mag. yeah so definitely have a look at that definitely.
1: I guess you could go old school and use a potato too cut yeah out pattern out with a yeah potato. I did
0: see that on Pinterest I think that's quite cute yeah. it's good to get the kids involved with that sort of thing but you might not have a neat as uh, a neat a napkin as <laughs> you want it depends how much of a neat freak you are no, definitely. or if you want to go a bit abstract yeah. um so what other ideas have we got in that feature
1: um a really cool one is the light bulb so okay. if you save all your old light bulbs rather than throwing them away, because I never thought of anything else to no, do with light bulbs recycling before, like to be honest so you can spray paint light bulbs which is a okay. bit like what I was saying you could do with the jam jars okay. earlier um and then let them dry and then glue on like sequins and then they're That's really right. cute you can like hang them from trees Brilliant. we're doing something really cool in our house this year where we're going to have like twig trees, so you could, like, hang them off of them, so you just, like have your trees in the pot and then hang these off and they'll be really cute. That's a really nice
0: idea. And again, you can tailor that to your own colour scheme then. Yeah, exactly. So in the feature, we've got kind of a mix of greys, uh blacks, blue, and whites, blacks and whites. Because
1: that's me. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Monochrome. <laughs> that's what happens when you let me pick my own. <laughs> <laughs> but but look, they look really cool. And actually, no, they, they would complement any colour scheme, wouldn't they? Because black and white just goes with everything. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, definitely. Um, they and look, silvers, they look cute. Exactly. Yeah. Really, really oh, nice. nice. And I was saying to Nikki earlier, they, I think they would look really nice on the table as well. Like, yeah. they're just really pretty. Definitely. and you're recycling so what's not to love yeah yeah okay that's cool really
1: good um we've, there's another place setting option which is super cute and they do that in that same way with the wire and then the sprigs of like foliage and i guess
0: you okay. could use any foliage so for that yeah they're like a little mini wreath aren't they yeah exactly yeah.
1: i guess realistically you could make a big wreath you could too
0: which would be quite cool yeah, make yeah. Your own
1: wreath. that's cool. massive at the moment yes
0: um Making your own menus, that's quite a nice way to like decorate up the rooms. Yeah. So, for for those that haven't got an issue in front of them, uh, but you need to get one because it's a really good picture. Um, I don't know if I said that enough. Christmas issue, buy it. Um, it's a massive menu, isn't it? So this yeah. is one that you'd put on your wall. So yeah. like a big picture, which actually, again, for Christmas, is such it's such a nice really idea. Nice, yeah. It's like, and it's so easy as well. Yeah. you like, you could just get like a roll of brown paper.
1: Yeah, and you have. They've just used like a twig to for the top and the bottom to sort of keep it straight and yeah. wrap it around. Then just hang it with some twine, which really is really nice. nice. Practice your click. Calligraphy,
0: calligraphy. calligraphy. <laughs> We're not very good at speaking today, are we? Which isn't great on a podcast. Um, yeah, calligraphy skills. Um, but yeah, it's just a really lovely idea. Exactly. And if you're using all of the b- brilliant recipes that we've got in the magazine, yeah. you've taken the time to plan this menu all year. Why not shout about it and put it out?
1: Exactly. Great. My favourite is okay. the crackers because. I really struggle (laughs) with crackers because I'm obviously the designer in me as well. i want the perfect cracker. And And I go to my mum and I'm like, like, really? Is this what you're giving me? (laughs) Sorry, (laughs) Sorry, mum.
0: I'm always apologising to my mum. here. don't worry.
1: Um, So these are stuffed without, is it rough? Raphael, Raffaello. Raffaello. So these Sorry. are the
0: gorgeous, gorgeous, addictively good truffles that are on top of our cover recipe. So um it's a white velvet snowball cake, and we've got and the kind of these truffles are what inspired the cake. So it's almonds and um coconut and yeah, just beautiful white snowbally goodness.
1: Yeah, so these um, people have stuffed the cracker with that so they've okay. just used like a crepe paper yeah wrapped up the chocolates within it and you, d- you can use whatever
0: chocolates you like really. Yeah. um yeah we've got you know you could even put the truffles in from our uh, edible gift feature as well we've got the the pretzel truffles which are really good too definitely um,
1: um you seal each end with gold tape which yeah. you could Realistically, buy from any yeah, yeah. sort of craft shop yeah, um, and then black and white striped paper as well. They've done for this, but I guess you can re- you can
0: decorate it however you yeah, like. Yeah, so. I suppose you could use tape to create that effect as well. Couldn't yeah, you? no, definitely. Or make any pattern you want. Yeah, or,
1: or or even come back to the stamp thing. You could stamp your paper first. Yeah. and then wrap it up and attach the end. Definitely, or we'll use really it. Nice.
0: I know they've used crepe paper there, but you could use presumably leftover wrapping paper if you've got a yeah, no, nice no, wrapping yeah, nice, paper. Yeah. it Just might not be as flexible. Because you're always left with the ends, aren't you? You are exactly. <laughs> this is a perfect. I get really up by that. Yeah, exactly. And uh, there's no bang, but you get chocolate truffles instead. So yeah, exactly. yeah that's all you need.
1: I'm not complaining. Perfect. So, yeah. All
0: right. So that's. I mean, loads of great ideas so for decorating amazing. the Christmas table and the surrounds. Um, yes. If you want to get more details, and like I said, that was a, a magazine exclusive, so you have to buy the Christmas issue to to find out more. about about that one Um, but please do it's such a great issue it's our bumper issue biggest of the year so many great recipes you get a free recipe calendar and if you get it from Waitrose you can get a free divine chocolate bar worth £2 as well so it's proper bargain Um, so yeah Christmas issue out now thank you very much Nikki thank you now, here's drinks writer Sarah at the Meantime Brewery in London, officially introducing our new Port Granite beer, and along with the help of Big Al gives us plenty of ideas for pairing it with food.
2: Hello, so today I'm down at the Meantime Brewery in Greenwich, which is in South East London, and I'm joined today by Big Al, who is Meantime superfan turned tour guide extraordinaire, um, and he's going to have a little chat with me because we are doing something very exciting we have just brought out. Uh, which is a beer that Olive Magazine has done in collaboration with Meantime as part of their pilot series. So, Al, for those people who don't, who aren't familiar with Meantime, who have never kind of come down to the brewery, what is it all about? When did it start? How has it kind of changed the face of modern brewing? I
3: well, for me, I've been drinking Meantime beer for uh, about 10 years now. Uh, but we were founded in uh, 1999 by a man called Alistair Hook. Um, our first brew went out in April 2000. We've only been active on this site that we sit on now um, since 2010. Um,
2: it's, kind uh, of, it's one of the biggest kind of cash injections into London brewing. And...
3: Yeah, yeah, since, since, um, um, since Guinness um, wow. hundreds of years ago. Um, it's a big deal what we do here. I mean, our first year at Pennell Road, we produced about 3,000 hectolitres of beer that converts to just over 528,000 pints. I mean, where we stand at the moment, we uh, probably be able to bring you only just under 30, 30 million pints of beer a year. We take this very, very seriously.
2: That is a lot of beer.
3: Yeah, even I would have trouble drinking that on a bank <laughs> holiday weekend. Um, I must put air commas in responsibly in just the middle of drinking, that, obviously. Yeah. Obviously. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, this is my love of meantime brought me to work here. And I is it lo- just
2: because yeah. you... you you were down at, at Union and you were just coming across. I
3: walked there. past the Greenwich Union uh, 10 years ago. My mum used to have a shop in Royal Hill and I walked past, there were two two pubs next to each other. Um, the the, the Richard and the the Union, and I looked in and and, and the bar was all all sparkly and the fonts were beautiful, which was something that you didn't see uh, too much of ten years ago. And I walked in here, there was a a young girl behind the jump called Alice, and I I said, I hello, sweet pea, I said, do do me a glass of beer. And she said to me, she said, what would you like? Now, I was not aware of the beers that were on offer. I I knew what Stout was because of Guinness, but I didn't know what Porter was. I knew what a wheat beer was because of Hoogarden. But the beer was called Vice. Even the two lagers were called uh, Colch and Hellies. And I yeah. said to this young girl, I said, I'm in your hands, can you help me? And she could have said, well, we don't have this generic beer and I would have been disappointed and left. But, you know, the enthusiasm mm. this, this young lady showed me is now why I work for them. Um, I love it, I think it's fantastic.
2: It is, it's an incredible place as well. So the new brewery, which we're in now, we're actually sat in the tasting rooms. Which only opened last?
3: December 2014. Okay. December 20 second week of December 2014. I mean, previous to this, but this was actually an old tile warehouse um, which went bankrupt a few years ago. Um, two units down from where the brewery sits, so we conglomerated everything, bring in our offices. We used to store beer here.
2: Yeah,
3: that's not practical for us to do that uh, with the amount of beer and how we're expanding. Yeah, um, so. Um, we, got, we brought the offices here, um, extended a new kegger uh, with a robot, a bar so our customers could, could eat uh, before uh, or pre or post tour, uh, yeah. which is nice because we're not actually in the centre of Greenwich. It could be deemed to be a little isolated uh, to, to, to go out and have a mm. trip to. But now you can come here an hour before, spend several hours afterwards enjoying you know, some of the beers um, uh, that were maybe deemed a touch eclectic. Or a little different that we don 't serve upstairs uh, on the brewery tour. I mean just looking around the, around there now we have one it's two, three, minute, yeah. four, five, six seven, eight, nine, we have ten on tap at the moment um, i don 't think that's bad, and also a selection of bottles in the fridge you spoil for t- I, I wouldn 't like to make a guarantee, but I can guarantee you I could probably get you find you something that you'd like to drink, <laughs> even if you 're not deemed to be a big beer drinker
2: yeah and so with the kind of expansion came the pilot brewery, which the, the main brewery, which you guys do the tour round, is massive.
3: Yeah, yeah. About
2: three tours now. Yeah. Um, and it's huge, but you've expanded. You now got the pilot brewery, which yeah. is kind of attached. So you, we're sat in the tasting rooms, looking at the pilot brewery.
3: Um, well, the pilot brewery, you know, was 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 put in place, to, you know, to prove people that the. You, you know, what we're capable of. Yeah. It's nice. I feel it's nice mm-hmm. to stimulate the boys and girls that work here at Brew the Beer. They need to have that. I mean these are artistic people. Yeah. We don't run an alcoholic beverage plant <laughs> with people that just press buttons. This is a brewery. Mm-hmm. I mean I mean the Palau uh, and the London Lager, they're our biggest selling beers by far with a yak and the red in third place. So, you know it's, it's that okay, 20 thought you like the yak, yeah, I love Well it. we'll have a little sort out of afterwards and I'll <laughs> tell you what i Drink half a yak and half a pale ale with the same glass. I, I, I love that. Ooh, I'm okay. an old school. I'm, the, I'm 47. I'm a light and bitter boy. You know <laughs> what I mean? You have to ask your dad what that is. Yeah, you have to ask your dad what that is. But, but I like a drop of that. I mean, the yak and the red was was that very first seasonal beer uh, from the main brewery uh, in 2011 put together by a guy called Steve Schmidt an American Brewer uh, called Yakima Red because it uses five ops from the Yakima Valley uh, Simcoe Centennial Citra Amarillo and Cascade uh, for me it's just real application of what a modern American style panel can be it has' not been yeah. five six percent I mean the Yakima Red seven, this is, you know this is 4.1 percent. But the application of ingredients and the brewing process and the maturation, this is all key to what we do. I mean, that to me is like a a little bunch of flowers and a little bowl of fruit. It's it's, 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 it's unreal.
2: It's delicious. If you haven't tried it, definitely check it down. quite readily available now yeah,
3: the end of my road I mean, does it, which is... it, it, it it was like i said our first seasonal beer in january and february 2011 we bought it back as a summer beer in july and august 2012 and demand for it was so popular mm. we'd have been churlish we'd have been extremely foolish not to bring yeah. it back as a full-time beer and god it's worked I mean, it's now our third bestseller. Mm -hmm. And putting this into context, in 2014 and 2015, I think we brewed a package of about 43 different beers. Do you know? And that's that's why we do this sort of stuff. Do you know, if it doesn't sell so well, if our customers don't apply, well, then maybe that doesn't come on as a seasonal. Maybe it doesn't come back again. Yeah. Or maybe it's destined for a different market in a different country. Mm-hmm. You know, because your beer tastes are different around the world.
2: Yeah. And this is kind of the whole reason behind the pilot brewery isn't it it's to give your brewers a bit of let them have a bit of fun let them be creative and
3: without a shadow of a doubt and it's, you've done like
2: 26
3: yeah we ain't messing about no, not messing intense. it's been hard for me to work my way through but if you could <laughs> see the size of my stomach so you'd know that I do apply myself um, to immersing myself in this subject so of quali- what we quality do quality
2: control is that what it is exactly, could yeah, you tell yeah. my
3: wife that please because <laughs> she will not be convinced by that at all not at all
2: so as part of the of the pilot series we have been lucky enough Olive Magnee has been lucky enough to create this port granite with you guys down here yeah. yeah. which I mean is not a style that I drink very often I do what, love a, not course, a dark beer I'm not necessarily a dark but I do love dark beer and I actually find interestingly that a lot of my friends who say oh no no I don't like beer don't like beer will prefer a dark style Really? See, I
3: find that that's quite similar. You've even got to get somebody that wants it really, really light and no hops, like a device beer. I mean, we talk about the bitterness in beer. It's International Bitterness Unit. I be used. Just a quick example, London Lager is 25, the London Pale Ale is 37, and the Yakima Red 42. But some may find even the Pale Ale a little too bitter. This is when I went off from a wheat beer. 11 or 12 I ever used the raspberry wheat beer so we get a little tartness from the raspberries yeah. I mean, we add no extra sugar to to, to, to our raspberry advice beer um, it's just you now raspberries are quite a tart fruit yeah. you know I mean you have to macerate those in sugar to bring out you know and we use scottish raspberry puree and ours with no added sugar at all so it's not like an alcove pop no it's a it's a grown-up bit of kit a, it's a grown-up bit of kit yeah yeah, yeah. And, and the other thing is so you go the other end of the scale like this. And the porters, but to get somebody in that likes chocolate and likes Mm -hmm. coffee, and then to give them, I mean, outside of our core range porter um, and a core range stout, uh, we have a chocolate porter uh, as well, but also a coffee porter. I mean, we have the application delicious I see the smile on your so face like there it's like
2: liquid pudding it's just it's well,
3: amazing it's, you, yeah well I like those I, I mean the chocolate is 6.5% uh, uh, the coffee 6% so it's not a session beer for me no. uh, but fantastic digest eh? I'd yeah. much rather have a, a glass, maybe not so cold. You know, I like my, my darker beers of higher ABVs to come up a little to, you know, what we might call cellar temperature for cask, 12 mm-hmm. to 14 degrees, yeah. instead of sort of like 6 to 8. I want it to be a little bit richer, There's a bit more. Well, um, it's not, if we drink red wine. Yeah. If you drink, you, the only way you're going to drink red wine out the fridge is if you make your sangria. Yeah. And that's fair enough. You want to make a long drink for out in the garden, you're having a tapas, that's great. But other than that, you want that red wine to open up like you your glass of branded, brandy you yeah. want your glass of brandy your little drop of scotch you want that to open up and it's the same for me with the dark beers this here it's slightly RNA but at 5% um, the application of um, I think 50, 50 kilos of, of um, a puree or syrup in, in this to so the 20 hectolitres that we've made um, it's big I don't yeah. get an overwhelming note of, of the pomegranate per se I know it's there but it's not aggressive no I, I thought
2: because I was kind of expecting it to be kind of like hit you around
3: the face, tart a, like, yeah, a bit. Yeah, where it sucks all yeah. the moisture out the sides of the back of exactly. your tongue. Yeah, but I get a beautiful dry finish.
2: Yeah.
3: A beautiful dry finish across uh, the roof of my mouth and my tongue. And this... Oh, that's okay. This me I get a sharp, sour note up the side of the tongue which dissipates quite, qu- quite quickly and then I start to salivate. It, it, it leaves me puckering a ton I mean it's yeah. not on the cusp of sour per se and the way the sour beers are being produced mm. now I, I first you get a personal opinion from me there I can only tell you about how my taste buds work and how my mind thinks do you know what I mean but um, a
4: yeah.
3: food with this because it's got the pomegranate in this <laughs> with this uh, I struggled a little bit to find something savoury with it. But then I think to myself, you know, we got Christmas coming up and you've got the pomegranate with a tart sour note. Well, that could replicate a cranberry. Yeah. You know, you could get maybe seam bone, a, a turkey thigh, so it's the dark meat, mm-hmm. a little richer, a little yeah. more flavour. I mean, if we get a good Norfolk black... You know, that that's that yeah. You're going to get some gamey notes from that. Now, this is where this is going to That'd kick be in. Because with your breast meat, you don't want a dark beer. For me personally, the breast is too yeah. subtle. You know what I mean? It's nice. Don't get me wrong. It's lovely in a sandwich with mayonnaise yeah. and crispy <laughs> onions and stuff like that. But uh, when, it, when it's hot, they think, I want something lighter, yeah. like a traditional English bitter beer. Something nice and like 3.5, 3.8%. This, now we're moving up a little bit. So we can move into. Um uh, You know, a um, uh, uh, bone, a uh, bone, and rolled uh, turkey, but maybe stuffed it with some force meat, with some, you know, some um, some pomegranate molasses in there. And uh, you know, with the, you get the richness of the turkey. Yeah, yeah. amazing.
2: Can I come but, for Christmas around yours. That oh, sounds
3: great. bye it's absolute mayhem <laughs> round my ass. Two years ago, and my brother's got us greasy My brother-in-law's got a greasy spoon. No, nice. and you know, it's ag- it's aggravation, Charlie. Who do we ask? What family? What family, this, that, and the other. And I said to my brother, and I said, Tom, how about I do Christmas dinner and we do it at the cafe? He went, oh, it's the greasy spoon. I went, don't worry about that. So the missus's gone and bought all candelabras. She's done a cocktail. we dressed the old place. We did, uh, I did Christmas dinner for 28 of us.
2: 28?
3: Yeah, eight courses wow. as well. Eight courses? Yeah, well, I like to cook. You can do it properly. If you're going to do it, you gonna... Babes, I don't mess about. <laughs> I'm, I'm, a bit, I'm a simple person. I'm a simple person in my knees. I like good food, good beer, and good company. That's a nice little trifecta for me. Yeah. It's a triage of happiness. There you go. Exactly. You don't. I mean, you're sitting down and breaking bread together. You can. You can see a lot in people. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It, 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 it's good. I like, you know, I mean, we, we're getting there in this country. As a rule, I find on the continent, it's as soon as alcohol's introduced, there's olives, there's bread, there's, mm-hmm. you know, there's a little cheese, a little cured meat. I mean, yeah. that's not just Spain when we're having our tapas. That's anywhere around Europe. All right, we're knocking about of a pork scratching and a bag of crisps in this country, but we're getting there now. You're now seeing more and more bar snacks like, you know, good quality pork products with your homemade warm scotch eggs or, you know with a black pudding and you know and decent uh, ham raised pork pies made by establishments themselves yeah. or, or shipped in from Mrs King's and I mean, I mean we know Mrs King's <laughs> don't we pork pies they don't mess about yep. that little no. fellow
2: and I mean the thing is beer got, has got so much opportunity for flavour it's oh. got the hops it's got the malt it's got don't you get know, me started. how many different types of hops are you going to whack in there it's a combination I mean, this is, I, mean, I,
3: mean, oh, I don't drink wine personally, not to upset any of you readers. The reason I don't drink wine is not because I don't understand it, not appreciate it or enjoy it. The reason I don't drink wine is because I drink wine at the same pace I drink beer. <laughs> I've been with my wife, my Jane, since we were both 16, 33 years, and my Jane has told me on several occasions, for me to drink wine is not progressive, productive or positive for us as a couple. Um, so, you know, happy wife, happy life. Yeah. But we make wine with one ingredient. That's a great. Mm-hmm. You know, you apply to how that you've got two elements to your glass of vino Collapso.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, you can't make beer with less than four. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? you got ox, you've got water, um, you've got a, a malted cereal, uh, and you've got yeast. Now, on top of that, if we apply to those four ingredients, yeah, you've got it's eight easy. elements, yeah. and then you've got the application of other things. You can put fruit in it. Of all, I mean, we've got Belgian beers upstairs that have got coconut in and pineapple in. Now, that might be to everybody's cup of tea, but it wouldn't be produced if it didn't yeah. suit some drinkers. Exactly, and it
2: makes it so interesting as Chocolate. Well. Yeah, Mr. said, I had a peanut
3: butter beer the other day Ooh. by Belchin a stupid name for a brewery, <laughs> what a fantastic beer. A smooth milk stout which had chocolate notes in it and rich peanut butter notes. And it was like a great big cuddle. <laughs> you know, three, four years ago, I went to the Great British Beer Festival and, and I had, um, had a, a, a Black Forest Gatto beer. So I guess you think, oh. But then when you break it down, it's got the application of Morello cherry in it, and then you've got dark chocolate in it, and it's all about the balance. And there's a milk stout, you've got the milky note from the cream that you pick up anyway. I
2: mean, that's what you guys have obviously done with the uh, the pomegranate, definitely. Shoved a layer, definitely, pomegranate in there to get those different flavors to get that tartness.
3: Yeah, I I like this. I I mean, I like that that little bit of a
2: uh, sometimes
3: I. Describe it as like a touch of a lactic note, that sour yeah. note that you get. Well, that sits well with me. I find it very palate cleansing and not too cloy. Um, with, with, with food with this as well, you, you know, I'm thinking like rich fruit puddings. I mean, Christmas used to do you all day long.
2: Yeah. that'll Do you it's all day long?
3: Do you know what I mean? You've got a couple of bottles out on the table with mince pies. Yeah. Right, you know what it's like now. You know you're supposed to have one bit of afters. Afters, sorry, posh people have probably known that's dessert or pudding. When I was a kid, afters it was half a can of fruit cocktail. If i got that glass A cherry in it, I'd have a touch. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was always a fight over the glass A cherry. And we used to have um, carnation evaporated milk. Somebody went to me the other day and they said, uh, they said, do you not used to have dream topping on it? I mean, this was the introduction of when I was a kid, when they used to put chemicals in anything and sell it to anybody. And I said, mate, I was from a council house family. I lived on an estate. I said, dream topping and fruit salad were two separate afters for us. You either have one or the other, you weren't allowed to mix it up. Um, but, but, you know, the... the, the, the um, uh, we, we get now you usually find there are three or four different offerings for, for what you want for pudding or for your afters or your dessert at Christmas but there are going to be the dark fruit base or a rich sort of yeah. base it's going to be uh, fruits it's going to be the, you know demerara sugars and brown sugars and um, um, uh, 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 maybe rich and dark and chocolate which I think also would go fancy right, yeah. uh, this with a chocolate tall that with a chocolate tall but because of the cram- uh, because sorry the polygranate in this the application of a, 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 you know um, 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 a syrup a, a fruit syrup whether it be tart or sweet yeah do you know I hate the word cooling sorry I'm not supposed to I don't use the word cooling I don't use the word you it's sorts of gravy to me uh, you'd probably be upset with that I know but that I mean this, there's not so much bitterness in this you could deglaze a pan with this you could deglaze a pan with this and add that to your juices for your gravy do you easy. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I crazy. mean, I'm not into game birds yeah, that much, but that go scream of a partridge. Do you know what I mean? Yeah.
2: So basically, Rich. what we're saying is, drink it all day, all the time, responsibly.
3: Yeah, we got it to do go responsibly. responsible
2: drinking. Um, it will go with anything. It's, it it's goes with, with most so things. I keep,
3: yeah. I keep, I want it with something that's got a little bit of character. Yeah. I don't want anything too insipid and pedestrian because this will snap all over it. Yeah. That'll ruin it, and it's to, to me. It's about you know you got to bring balance. a little balance. Exactly. Um, I mean, but you want us a bar snack with that, so we all know about airy bar nuts with you know your rosemary. I mean, I'd have a little flick of cayenne pepper over that. I don't want smoked paprika. I think the application of smoked paprika is too overused. And tapas is my favourite food to cook. So, you know, yeah. I want a little flick of that, little flick of rosemary. Get your, you know, your, 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 your mixed nuts, some nice decent nuts, um, to- toast them off in a pan. I'm a Maldon Sea Salt boy. You can keep your fleur de sel and all that. I want my Maldon Sea Salt, little spritz and that, you know, and a little bit of something. Maybe your pomegranate molasses over there. Yeah.
2: Sounds absolutely incredible. So, listeners, you can get this pomegranate porter. It's here at the Meantime Tasting Rooms, it's at all their pubs, it's um, down at the National Theatre on South Bank, or you can order it online, meantimebrewing.com. get a case in for Christmas. Happy days.
3: Thanks. Well, I haven't said to any of that. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you get your orders in now, otherwise me and Sarah are going to drink it yeah. all. <laughs> We're here all the time. Responsibly. <laughs> yeah.
0: Brilliant.
2: Thanks so much.
3: You're more than welcome.
0: Thank you, Sarah. And of course, Big Al. Next, Janine and Anna are talking about gluten-free baking.
5: Hi, it's Janine. I'm here with Anna, our cookie writer. Hello. Hiya. Um... Our Christmas issue is out this week and amongst all the beautiful features, one of the ones we really loved was our gluten-free baking feature. Um, it's quite special because we've had a lot of requests from readers for gluten-free recipes, and since um, sort of midway this year, we've started really marking them up in in the issue so people find it more useful. Um, and one of our aims for our, our gluten-free baking in Christmas was to was for people to have something really stunning that they could bake for yeah. friends or take along to to someone who you know couldn't tolerate gluten. Um, but, but they had to taste fantastic.
4: So um, what, what have we got in there, Anna? We've got some really beautiful bourbon meringue mince pies. Yeah. Um, those, they've got um, a really, really soft um, meringue on top oh, and yeah, then it's really baked nice. in the oven for 45 minutes and so they get like a crisp ex- exterior nice. and then soft and marshmallow around the middle. And the um, the pastry on that is really impressive. Uh, it's made from rice, tapioca, and potato flour. The combination wow. works really well to make the most uh, gorgeous, crumbly, it's really delicate, pastry. isn't it? Because I know Sarah, who wrote the recipes, like worked
5: so hard on. She was like, "You shouldn't have to compromise on on pastry just because it's gluten free." Because because we've eaten quite a lot of really solid, chewy, no give, horrible gluten free pastries. So we're really confident that people are going to love this one.
4: Yeah. We've also got a clementine yoghurt cake as well, which is sort of a polenta base. Oh, yeah. um, It's really uh, vibrant yellow. And then it's got... um, really lovely sort of yogurt frosting on there as well yeah because polenta is one of those things that
5: it's a it's a great substitute isn't it because um you know like the classic lemon polenta cake yeah you get a really lovely dense texture um and you can kind of soak it in syrup and everything so it's one of those ingredients which actually works brilliantly um despite the fact you know it doesn't have flour in it anyway in most polenta cakes yeah that's a great one and the clementine obviously just brings in that little element of christmas flavoring Mm -hmm. too it looks stunning as well. Yeah, it looks gorgeous.
4: And yeah, the third one is the sour cherry stolen bars, mm. and these are—I think—they're my personal favorite. <laughs> um, they've just got so much going on, and the ingredient list is long, but at the same time, they just taste so good. It's the yeah. best stolen I've had in years. It, I think there's a lot of ingredients, but it's not particularly long it's method, not, is no, it? No, it's just just to get that. With stolen, it's all about the. Um, the combination of marzipan, dried yeah. fruit and the almond and that sort yeah. of thing. So, so you've, sh- you've
5: got this nice, really dense kind of Christmassy marzepany flavour. Yeah.
4: And absolutely. it looks
5: so impressive as well. It does, yeah. So you've got a few tips, haven't you, for um, people who are kind of thinking about, you know, doing a bit of gluten-free, the sort of things that they can they should have in the back of their minds about, you know, what 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 extra you need to add yeah. or what sort of things you might need in your store cupboard just to help you out a little bit.
4: Sure. Um so we're testing these It's almost like you have to... um not even think about pastry right. when you're making this pastry <laughs> so you can't handle it the same way oh, I see. Um, so don't worry about how much you're needing it because obviously there's no gluten in there so it's not gonna because so classic pastry it's it. like don't touch it
5: isn't it if you yeah. handle it too much
4: it just goes really stodged yeah and even if you're using sort of the trimmings it's a little bit risky you know yeah. if it's not going to work as nice as the <laughs> yeah. first one but this one just keep going and also don't be worried about overbeating as well so if you're making cake batter okay. keep going and actually in that way it's almost your friend because you can you can make a really light, fluffy cake batter that you don't have to worry about. So basically chuck
5: out all of those baking rules that that you've learned over the years and
4: approach it in a completely different way. That's great. And um, the amount of liquid as as well is increased because the flowers work Uh, so differently. Because they're
5: quite dense flowers, aren't they? Sure, yeah,
4: and they... um, It's a bit weird because you sort of you're so used to using wheat flour and the amount of water and the texture and the consistency of using that, but um, if you're using sort of potato flours and rice flours and things, they do absorb a lot more water. Yeah. So is the,
5: does the batter end up being a bit runnier when does, you put it in? Yeah. So
4: a cake mix would be a lot. Would well, not a lot, but it would be A, um, a, a bit runny because
5: that water is going to give it a bit of a
4: lift as well, isn't
5: it? I, I imagine the steam and the water, like expanding, kind yeah. of does give the cake the lift as well as everything else in there.
4: Yeah, I would say if you're using a traditional recipe and wanted to do, convert it to gluten-free as yeah. well. I'd uh, use a little bit more um, of the rising agent just because for that reason, you know, yeah. you sort of need you need a, a bit extra of extra lift. yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, And also to use a different blend of flours. So like we were just saying about these mince pies, the difference using a variety of mm. flours, so the potato and rice flour, yeah. it means that you almost get a, a, an improved flavour because it doesn't just taste like one flour. Right, and, yeah. Um, Because they are all quite specific, and they do have their own have their own own properties, don't they? Yeah, Yeah. Um, so that would give you a better texture. Nice.
5: Because I know rice flour, we've used. Um, I've always used it in shortbread, and it gives you that really lovely crumbly crunch. So you can imagine that that's going to be excellent in pastry.
4: It's almost like it converts to a really buttery, crumbly pastry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and also the because the gluten in in pastries and cakes and things it provides that elasticity yeah um, and sort of the, the texture and, and the, the crumb structure, structure as well yeah, yeah absolutely so you almost need to add something that's going to hold everything together yeah and that's why a lot of gluten-free baking uses a gum or um, a, a glue agent like so, xanthan gum exactly yeah because
5: yes. I've I read a lot about xanthan gum but I didn't really know what it does but apparently it it like you said it, it it sort of it glues things together it gives you the structure yeah. once once the ingredients start expanding it holds the structure there yeah so it becomes light rather than flopping all back down again into a big like solid puck of of dough which yeah. we don't want which is so, like a
4: crumble yeah so
5: xanthan gum might it might sound a little bit scary but it's actually quite a natural thing and it's yeah. and it's um it's brilliant to use in and um and cooking for that well, I've got some uh, I've got some interesting flowers next yeah. next generation gluten-free flowers because um this week we're publishing our Olive magazine trend report for 2017 and it's kind of that's going to go up online this week. And we're just talking about things that we think are going to be big next year, or little trends that we've seen bubbling under that are yeah. going to be huge. Um so there's plenty of stuff on there, but one thing we've been seeing popping up all over the place is flowers. So um the ubiquitous coconut flour yeah. is being used more and more, and I think we're going to be investigating that quite a lot next year. But I've also got some slightly more weird ones, and um, banana flour. Interesting. Yeah, which is made from green bananas, which are dried and then ground. So oh. apparently, the, that real banana flavour doesn't come through, but you do get this residual sweetness. Mm-hmm. Which so obviously that's really good for cake making.
4: Yeah.
5: Um, chia flour, which is ground chia seeds. Yeah. Um, which I think are pretty huge already, aren't they? In yeah. bacon,
4: and when they when they sort of uh, meet the liquid, they almost do absorb. Absorb, yeah. I think you've got to be quite go quite jelly. So yeah. I think I can imagine that the flour would just absorb so much liquid yeah. and also be that stabiliser that the something gum is. is yeah, trying. I've sort of
5: heard. Yeah, I've heard good and bad things about them. I think. People are going to embrace the chia flour because it's high protein, isn't yeah. it? And it's already being recognised as a health ingredient. However, I have heard that it, it the texture can be, and the flavour can be, yeah. So mm. um, tread carefully with that one. <laughs> yeah. um, there's a new one, coffee flour, which is, um, it's the fruit that surrounds the coffee bean when it's growing. And once the coffee beans extracted, that fruit's normally tossed away. So oh, there's companies which are now trying to. Um, Take that and use it and mill it into flour because obviously if it if it works as flour it's brilliant food yeah. stuff as well. I wonder um, what the flavor of that would be as well I don't think it tastes of coffee um mm. but it's it's it says it's got more protein fiber and iron rich than regular wheat flour mm. and the last one, which I'm, I'm not buying though I think we've had it we have had it in the office is um cricket flour yeah when I say cricket flour, I don't mean like flour that you would play cricket with i mean <laughs> it's actually made from ground up from grubs. From grubs <laughs> so this is a big trend we've been talking about for the past two years i think i've been hearing about it which is that in the future an, a cheap and accessible and um you know, um, ecologically sound source of protein is going to be insects. Um and one way you can eat them without getting their little legs stuck in your teeth (laughs) is is to is to grind them up and make flour out of it. So again, it's going to be really protein filled, um, you know, it's gonna have a lot of nutrients in it and it it won't look like a cricket. Did you try that when it came in the office? Yeah,
4: I've tried a sort of energy bars protein bars made with cricket flour they have a peculiar aftertaste it doesn't taste i don't know what insects taste like though (laughs) it's not like chicken (laughs) Um, it almost had a little bit of a bitter aftertaste but i can imagine if you wanted to substitute half of the flour with cricket flour that might be quite an an easy way to go to add a bit more protein yeah i mean if you're going to
5: experiment you might as well try that one out but Mm. um but yeah we we've sort of got we've got lots of um of recipes online that are either gluten-free bacon recipes that, you know, they might use um, alternative flours and a bit of xanthan gum. Or um, I was, I was thinking about, um, what we've already got up there and some of them, your recipes actually, um, yeah. those peanut butter cookies that you did, I think they've only got like three ingredients in them. Oh, so yeah. peanut butter, sugar and an egg. Yeah. So it's magic. You roll them up and then you squidge them down and bake them and they yeah, become cookies. Yeah, so um, We talked about polenta cake. That's a great one. Mm-hmm. I think we've got a lemon drizzle polenta cake on there, shortbread. Um and um, macarons, because they use ground almonds for flour. Oh, of course. So it's yeah. things like that. If you start thinking about it, you realise that actually there's a lot of stuff out there that doesn't necessarily need wheat flour in it, and mm-hmm. it's, it's a better product because of it. But anyway, thanks for that chat. It no was It's very informative. Very and um, as always, if you go online to olivemagazine.com, we've got absolutely tonnes of bacon recipes, tonnes of gluten-free. So just search for that.
0: Thanks a lot, Anna. Thank you. Thank you to Janine and Anna and everybody on today's podcast. Don't forget to go and buy our Christmas issue which is out now in all good supermarkets and newsagents featuring a beautiful white velvet snowball cake on the front cover and it's got plenty more inside there too from the perfect Christmas dinner with porchetta style stuffed turkey ginger and orange sprouts chocolate florentines we've got our results of the Christmas supermarket awards we've got brilliant ideas for the everyday including an all-in-one bolognese which is out of this world a mix and match mac and cheese bar vegan burritos we've got shopping ideas for around the world Table decorations, restaurant trends, how to make your own Irish liqueur, edible gifts. We've got everything you could possibly want for Christmas. It's out now. Beautiful white front cover don't miss it and if you want any extra stuff although I don't know how you could possibly need it we've got loads of additional content on olivemagazine.com we've got a whole section dedicated to Christmas at the top you just click on that bar and you'll have everything Christmas related there for you if you want anything else we're on all the social media so don't forget to get in touch and tell us what you've been cooking from the new issue happy eating happy reading happy listening
5: and we'll see you next week